not so good. Got a crap one today for you. We got a really horrible topic today. <laughs> Just sign off right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of <laughs> Coaches on Gouges. Bing slouches. We've got a uh, got a good one today. Mm-hmm. I feel. Mm-hmm. I think we good. should do a bad one sometimes, so we could be like, eh, not so good. Got a crap one today for you. <laughs> we got a really horrible topic today. <laughs> Just sign off right now. Just do an entire episode on saddle sores. We did before, didn't we? We did a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> We have touched on saddle Oddly sores enough, before. Oddly not like the most, uh, mm-hmm. you know, requested topic yeah. or hit video. Yeah, that was on the Q&A one. Podcast, That's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. So, indoor gains. Yeah. Winter indoor cycling gains. So cyclists, triathletes, gravel grinders. Got to add that one now. We gotta, yeah, we got we to. Mountain bikers. We got to add gravel grinding to every. This one's for you. Everything now. Yeah, we're going to talk about making some really awesome winter gains especially when you're forced to train indoor a lot whether that be the weather or that you're just not a hard person yeah (laughs) (laughs) if your tolerance for outdoor cold weather is uh 50 degrees and up yeah uh indoors is going to be your spot we'll we'll get to it I am Coach Dale Sanford. I am Coach Bryant Funston. We are the co-founders of BPC Performance Coaching, where we specialize in helping time crunch athletes optimize their busy schedules so they can maximize their athletic performance. Every BPC coach is trained in our five pillars coaching system that has been developed over the last decade through our work with athletes of all ages and ability levels from fresh off the couch to world championship competitors. You can find out more about BPC by going to buildpeakcompete.com, checking Facebook and YouTube at buildpeakcompete, or all up on that Instagram at BPC Performance. Boom. All right, we'll get to it. But first, shout outs. Shout outs. Got like a. a Small backlog, yep. short backlog. Mm-hmm. Um, last weekend, though, this is a recent one. Phil, Philly, the machine, the machine, Young, uh, clinched his uh, second back-to-back uh, Aquabike National Championships, uh, and this this year he was actually fifth overall. What so, was he last year? Do you remember? I think he was like eleventh. Oh, nice, tenth or eleventh. So. Fifth overall, crushed the bike. He was he did like a two fourteen on the bike. Solid. Yep. And there was some pretty good wind too. Uh, the last ten miles were like block headwind. Is it Miami? Yeah. Okay. So pretty flat and uh, and windy. Yeah, for sure. Crushed so, it though. Yeah, crushed it. Good job, Phil. Uh, and then two weeks ago, two weekends ago, Michael Ort just won't stop, and. Uh, he and his wife went to Los Cabos and finished the 70.3 there. We've sort of talked about that before, you know, where it's, it's good to choose vacation spots yeah. and, you know, wrap a, an endurance event around it. So it's kind of like, yep. like double dipping. Good yeah. work, Hort. Yeah. You got any? I got none. All right. I've got a good luck. 
Good luck. Good luck's coming up. I got good luck going out to Tony Gambrell. He's going to Arizona. He was kind of playing with the idea of doing a late season draft legal race. Oh, yeah. And uh, nice. yeah, so he's flying out tomorrow to knock that out. It'll be the last race for him. So much fun. This year. And then. You uh, love it. And then it's time to transition. Time to take some time off because he's been. Draft He's been legal. rocking and rolling for quite a while now. But. I I just like one of my biggest hopes for the sport of triathlon is that draft legal becomes more mainstream. More mainstream. It is so much fun. Um, I know uh, Newberry. Newberry's wanting to go for uh, uh, yeah. draft legal next year. Yeah, Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Yeah. So closer by. Yeah. Maybe we should put one on. Good luck. Uh, good luck to those going to. Natchez Libre. Natchez. Natchez. Not Nacho. I know most people are going to want to say Nacho Libre. I, I called it that up until right now. Yes. Natchez. Because it's Natchez Trace State Park. Yeah. Right here. Right gravel grinder Memphis out there. And Nashville. And uh, good luck to those trying to get into the Big Sugar Gravel Race tomorrow. Because yeah. if it's anything like Land Run and, you know, the Kansas races. Um, 8 a.m. Friday. You better be ready to punch November. that button. 15th if you're listening to this later you're uh you're too late better be ready big sugar for those that don't know is over in bentonville yep and it'll be the inaugural it'll correct? be the first so first first one but i want to say it's like 103 miles seven i think 107 yeah I think it's a 107 like eleven thousand feet of vertical something like quite that. quite a bit of vert tons yeah it's put on by the same people who do dirty cans in it so it's owned lifetime. by a lifetime yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 but it's the same race director mm-hmm. that is doing but not nearly the prices you typically see yeah not nearly it's not it's not eight thousand dollars it's not Kansas. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't even know what Kansas is do you it's expensive i don't know at any rate yeah. uh they put on a top-notch event there's yep. a reason those events are so popular yep. and uh, apparently technical gravel rocky slow trails uh part of it when i was reading the little description the yeah. other day one of our athletes uh sent us over a, <laughs> a link to it so i started peeking into it i had uh well talking to our buddy will stoffel yeah. he's like he's like i've ridden most of it he's like and if if you don't get a tire cut you're you're good you're you're lucky huh so uh should be an interesting uh, inaugural event yeah there you go <clears throat> all right so um one little order of business is we've got our house of pain program starting yep. december That's 3rd. what got us thinking about this because we did the presentation yeah. last week on our uh, house of pain info night yeah basically running through what it is so just go just go over like what hop is yeah, so really quick hop, uh, and, and it's essentially the basis for what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. The program uh, is essentially the basis for today, but uh, we started it, what, nine, ten years ago? Uh, in my detached garage. In your detached yeah. garage. It sort of ended up earning the name House of Pain, so it was a group of like-minded people. We were wanting people to train with over the winter to keep us motivated, accountable. Oh. Misery loves company, so suffering with other folks causes you to push harder, causes you to stay on that bike when you know ordinarily you'd probably hop off after 40 minutes if things weren't feeling too good. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone came out flying uh, that spring uh, sure did. and had some great race results. So uh, each year we've we've you know done pre and post testing as well as, well as an intermediate. We still do that, and tracking gains averages have been uh, just over 10 percent from. Yeah. Um, start to finish and a lot of them are actually above 10 percent mm-hmm. um 
but we don't take out outliers. Yep. So there are some people that don't actually do the work mm -hmm. and you have to count them in there. Yeah. But and everyone comes into a program with different, you know, fitness levels. Some people may have been off the bike for right. a month. Some <clears throat> may be just finishing a peak event um, and are still carrying good fitness. So there's, there's yep. some discrepancy there. Uh, yeah. But yeah, essentially it's, so uh, now it's all online. It's not in my garage anymore. Yep. <laughs> it's all online and um, it's all done via webcam. So <clears throat> you can see the coach, hear the coach. The coach can see you. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, you know, we can offer feedback on technique and we'll get into why we do that uh, in a second. But it literally is like being on a, a video conference call mm -hmm. with a coach and we can see every person in the class. Um, mm -hmm. and so last year we had what, 53, Yep, 53 people take on the, the challenge. We yeah. Had, with probably just what, maybe 10, just under 10 people that just did the recording only option. So yeah, everything's recorded in case you miss it. Essentially our goal is to like have zero excuses for you to not yeah. get a workout in, follow some structure, um, develop your efficiency and your technique and, and learn how to be a more effective cyclist. But also you got to throw your leg over the bike and actually do the work. Yeah. That's one um, of the big things about it is just knowing that one, a coach is going to be online waiting on you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and two, all of the other people that are in the class are, are also going to be, yep. you know, there to not only like just see that you're there, but we have a private Facebook group that, mm -hmm. you know, people go back and forth and talk on and keep each other motivated and yep. share some uh, post-ride uh, nutrition. <laughs> the beer of the night. <laughs> the beer, yeah. <laughs> Afterwards. Um, but yeah, it's a, if, it's a great program. If you want some more information, um, you can check it all out. All the registration and, and extra information is at hopcycling.com. Hopcycling.com. But the reason why we put that out there really is because we are literally going to lay out <laughs> the hop cycling program, or at least yep. the basis for it. Yeah. Um, because this is what we use every. This is what Dale and I do for ourselves yeah. as well. Like, uh, it's you know, we've dialed this in. We've made tweaks. We've made adjustments. Mm -hmm. We were talking about, you know, right before we've actually scaled back some of the intensity that we do in. Uh, like February, because it runs all the way through March, uh, or the start of March, once the time change uh, changes. So December through the start of March. And we found after those first couple of years that we needed to actually scale back some of the efforts we were doing, um, because it did great in folks coming out really flying. <laughs> Super strong. But yeah, some people were almost on a peak when we were coming out of it. And that's yeah. not we want, what we want. We want you to um, get through the winter months with a strong foundation, um, a body that's able to handle a higher workload, and push your, your threshold yeah, up, push your, your five FTP. minute number or, or, you know, more VO2 style up, um, but not have that be the peak that you're going to have for the year. We want you to be able to take that yep. onto your group rides, into your races. And at that point, really start working the upper end. I think that's a good thing to note is that once you get done with the program or whatever program you're doing in March, you don't, unless you have a goal event mm -hmm. in March, which some people do, yep. unless you have a goal event in March, you don't want to be that the peak of your fitness exactly. <laughs> for the year. Yep. Uh, so yeah, we don't, in, in our, the way we roll it, we don't 
put you like in, like into the through the ringer like a hundred percent you know leading into March because we want you to continue to build off of it yeah. and once you start putting on more miles like you're you're riding outside and you're putting on you know m- more duration your fitness will continue to climb yeah. we see a lot of people who after hop like they they they'll hit more best 20 minutes or best five minutes later in the season mm-hmm. it's more of like a springboard program than it is like driving you into peak fitness exactly yep so let's kind of get into like like the structure of it so we yeah, st- essentially, we yeah, you get through Thanksgiving. Most people after Thanksgiving have, uh, and next week and why actually. why do we wait till after Thanksgiving? <laughs> exactly. The laziness that happens and kind of leading up to it, um, as well as, you know, take take now, there's gravel races that have popped up. Yep. Um, and that wasn't the original purpose, but now there's races. There's a race this weekend. We were just, you know, giving a shout out to it. Um, so the seasons are extending for roadies and, you know, triathletes, mountain bikers, um, Seasons extending, you need a transition at some point. Um, so I have a decent amount of folks that are getting ready to start their transition, which is later than than most have done recently. So get through Thanksgiving, you realize, oh crap, seasons on, seasons on the way, and I need to do something. Pain train, train, and I need to get back, you know, back rolling. I need to get the structure back in. I need to get consistency back in. I need to offset the uh, the 48 pounds of food I ate last uh, week. <laughs> And so we start the beginning of December. It also like prevents you from like, like, like early on in the program, if you're starting dates in December, it also prevents you from like the two major let off times Uh of the like late fall, early winter, you know, between uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas, you, you know, flub both of those weeks and your motivation and, and stuff starts to drop. So mm-hmm. we avoid one altogether. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we only have to deal with the week of yeah. Christmas, which in our, for us, is either a recovery week uh, or it's a, like a down week yeah. anyways. And yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, we, start, we start then, we take it all the way till the time changes um, and people start picking up their group rides. We put it on a Tuesday and a Thursday night because that is typically a group ride night. Most mm-hmm. people are used to getting their workouts in um, in the evenings on Tuesday and Thursday. So that was a, a natural fit. Um, and it provides you know, that extra day uh, for those that are going in. You know, most people tend to ride longer or train longer uh, Saturday, Sunday on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, We've got people, and, and in fact, when we're doing customized programs for folks, we'll sometimes intentionally stack these. Um, so you don't have to be super rigid in keeping it Tuesday, Thursday. Um, you know, you could go with a Monday, Friday if you're a you know recording style person. Um, so the you point can is to put in that either off day, uh, cross training day, or recovery day between the mm-hmm. sessions because as you move along in the year, you should be adding workload to yep. those sessions and they will get harder. Yep. So um, if you are just doing them back to back, you're they're not going to be as quality as they yep. could be. So one at least one day between them. So two times per week, structured rides. What we found is most athletes have really good results by having two structured rides per week. Indoor, you can get the most structure available really yep. you don't have to worry about stop signs you don't have to worry about red lights 
dodging cars, Terrain. dogs chasing you, hills. Yeah. Uh, you can get that structured work around that, that zone, that time that you want. Uh, so two days per week of that. We recommend athletes then supplement that with some endurance-based work. Yep. So, you know, get it, start pushing out your, your long ride on the weekend. If you're someone who stacks long rides on the weekend, Saturday, Sundays, you know, yep. great. But and if, if you're a triathlete, is, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you have other work to do on those other days anyways. Yep. Um, but we caution people not to go smashing themselves on those weekend rides. Oh, no. um, we're going to end up working, you know, your your harder zones. We're not going to be destroying you, uh, or you shouldn't be destroying yourself. Um, but uh, on the weekends, you need to work. There's benefits from working uh, that aerobic endurance. Um, so don't neglect that. Um, and if you're someone who's so we got two structured days, one to two endurance rides, typically perfect. Yep. And then if you're someone who just you know loves riding and wants more work. Add in your other days needs to be just easy, easy spinning. Yep. Um, more like active recovery. Yeah. Our recommendation mm-hmm. is to make those days strength training days. If you can only do one session mm-hmm. on the day and you're only riding, uh, you know, skip the junk rides and put in some more extensive strength work and you're going to be above oh, yeah. and beyond. Especially uh, through, yeah, through February. I mean, yeah. The season runs, like we were just talking about, to November now. I mean, there's options till November in cycling and triathlon. So, so with like the, so with the, those, basically we're going to say four major rides a week, the yeah. two structured rides and like the two or more endurance rides. Um, the strength training that you're going to put in, we want at least, we, we put this in and mm-hmm. on, we put it in on every single program that we make. And, in this case, in the case of the house pain, we do it right after the ride. And so because for some people it is the only strength work they're going to do, mm-hmm. we keep it very like activation and core uh, related. So yeah. mostly glute and hip activation yeah. and Some core range work. of motion. Yeah, range, range of motion, motion work and yeah, core. And, and so if this is all you're going to do, those are the two things that you're going to focus on mm-hmm. activation exercises and hips, hips and glutes, and then range of motion core exercises. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if you're working, if you're, you know, at home dialing in your own or writing in notes for your own program, minimum two times per week yeah. on that during your off season. And um, then a little dose of stretching at the yes. end. Don't forget the flexibility. Yes. And so the one part of like, the hot program that if you if you don't if you're one of those people that just won't or d- don't do strength any other time of week, we ride, we warm up, we ride structure, and then we do our activation and core stuff, and then we stretch, and the whole session is no more than an hour and forty five minutes, yeah. and you've now gotten two extremely quality sessions uh, in the week, and you didn't have to think about it. And you've yeah you've touched three major parts of staying healthy, yep. getting stronger, um, and improving overall performance. Yeah. So uh, a step above that, like we were talking about earlier, above the activation and core stuff, is to actually add in two like, total body workouts a, day, uh, a week. And if you want to step above that, you can, you can add in 
like one heavier lifting session mm -hmm. a week, yep. especially during this time of year where you're really going to have the two structured rides and then everything else is going to be pretty easy riding. So you don't have to worry about being sore all the time. You don't have to worry. Like if you intelligently place the strength training, like if you're, even if you're doing heavy stuff, it's not going to affect the two structured rides that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, we, we beat the dead horse there, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> we've talked about strength training it's a lot. It really is like what, like the difference maker in a lot of the programs mm -hmm. that we put together. Yeah. Your, your durability, the ability to recruit muscles. Uh, actually I just had to sit down with one of our, our, uh, one of my athletes the other day and I, in reviewing the previous season, I was like, you know, what, you know, what are some things you've noticed? Uh, when were you at your peak fitness? Uh, you know, maybe when was motivation the, the lowest? Um, and one of the things he actually mentioned was that he, he really notices now, like the ability, first off, adding the strength training in and being consistent with that. He's like, but now just not just on the bike, being able to activate muscles that I need to, but even off the bike, he's like, bending down to uh pick up kids toys off the ground like <laughs> yeah. i'll squeeze my glutes to come back up and he's like you know little stuff like that that he never thought about before um that can lead to back issues and nagging nagging injuries he's like yeah now i now i'm actually like noticing Conscious that yeah, yeah noticing yeah. that throughout my day-to-day -day life as well absolutely yeah and so like so like when you're doing, you know, we'll, we'll kind of transition away from strength training since we yep. have already hammered it. Yeah. Um, ride time. So ride time over the years, we've kind of adjusted up and down, but we find that like, if you're going to do, uh, enough structure to stress the body, um, the rides and you're going to include a, a warm up, mm -hmm. uh, and a little bit of a cool down, mm -hmm. the rides tend to be somewhere between a, an hour and 10 minutes and an hour and 20 minutes. Yep. Um, we've gone in the past, we've gone up as high as an hour and 30. Yeah. We've, we've cut it at an hour, like, but we find that to do everything really, really well and structured and... And focus, like focus. it takes me some mental focus to, right. and we're gonna give some tips on things that you should be doing here, but um, if you're really focusing on your pedal stroke, and like running through drills and while you're doing that at intensity like it it takes a mental toll on you as well mm -hmm. and eventually once that quality goes away uh you're not getting nearly as much value from it and like you hear in our intro every day the vast majority of the people that are doing this are people who've gotten off work and have lives and are trying to work as much as they can into a realistic time frame right um if you have two hours like to train i mean good good on you that's that's awesome and you can stay motivated to train for two hours you know multiple times per week and go along on the weekends i mean you're you're yeah you're dealing with a different sort of uh training structure than what you know what we're trying to make happen yeah, if you've got more than two hours athletes. every single day mm -hmm. that's you're in a good spot <laughs> yeah, time for wise. sure yeah but yeah, this is focused on, you know, more time crunch people that are wanting to come out and get like the most bang for the buck uh, with their with their training program. Yeah. So let's go into actual like structure, what to do, when to do and for how long. Yeah. Number one, most important thing, you need to have zones set. So we always start yeah. off with our uh, threshold test. You got to set fun. zones and 
Um, you may be someone who like with technology now, Training Peaks is awesome about it. Like normalized power can get pretty close in a lot of cases uh, to to what a person's True like actual yeah. number may be. And there's even, you know, lots of talk on there uh, or out there about, you know, what is a true threshold from like a number standpoint. If you're not out actually doing a, a blood lactate test yeah. in conjunction with, um, at any rate, you need to have zones and you need to set those zones based on where you're going to be doing your structured training. So for the vast majority of people that live in colder climates where it's dark, most people end up indoors, your zones what do you want to say? 98% of the time, the people that we deal with zones outdoor are higher than your indoor zones. Yeah. So if you're setting your zones outside, say on like a weekend ride or something where you're just out there crushing it, and then you're trying to use those zones inside, you're going to be working at effort levels that are too hard for yeah. you or to not sustain. Or not being able to sustain them at all. Or not. Yeah. Be, so you're going to be overworking the entire time it's not going to work out for you um so set your zones inside when you're inside use those zones when you're outdoors most of the time on a weekend you know group ride or solo ride where terrain varies and everything you aren't doing as much structured anyway it's more of a perceived effort endurance based thing um so set your zones inside yeah i mean i've seen i've seen as much as like 30 watt difference mm -hmm. in indoor versus outdoor threshold yeah, some people it's a huge, huge difference. And yeah. even heart rate, even heart rate mm -hmm. is not the same. I mean, yeah. people, I, people have like, like bef way before when we were coaching, when we started coaching, and not a lot of people were actually on power, mm -hmm. and and we were just going off heart rate. People, you know, complained left and right that they just couldn't get their heart rate up as high on the trainer as they can outside. Mm -hmm. um, so. Yeah, set the zones inside. If you're going to be training inside, set the zones inside. If you are going to be able, you know, going outside, set the zones outside. Yep. Simple as that. So from that, so you set your zones, and then we like to spend the first like four to six weeks. Really, your most of your stuff's going to be building up your ability to handle a workload. So and to be able to repeat that. So a lot of like zone three into like sweet spot style stuff. Um, so for percentage basis, you know, if you're talking, we, we generally keep people kind of in that 80%, 85% up to like 95% of your threshold, um, is where most of your work is. And that's something that's repeatable. You could do that Tuesday and Thursday. It's not going to totally destroy you. Um, and you're just kind of laying the groundwork, but it's hard enough to give you quality um, we're, you know, we're get you back into a flow, get you some structure going. And it's, it's something where you're still able to focus on technique work, which yeah. is kind of our main priority. So building up your body's tolerance, but really, really, really drilling, uh, working different cadences, working different body positions, um, working different cadences at in, in different body positions. Yep. Um, but I think most important really for us in that first four weeks is technique and yep. pedal stroke technique, efficiency work. Hammering it. Mm -hmm. I mean, like breaking down each phase. And if, you know, if you don't do the hop, that's fine. Uh, think you need to start thinking about each phase of your pedal stroke, uh, and, and emphasize a single phase 
and see what happens. You know, if you just focus on downstroke throughout a pedal stroke, if you just focus on that pull through at the bottom or that kick yeah. over the top, um, and notice what it does for your your perceived effort uh, once you do smooth things out. Yeah. Do some single leg drills and see how inefficient your pedal stroke really is right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we work that too. So like, yeah, the first, I would say like when you're doing um, these first few weeks, first several weeks, I would call that like the mental fatigue phase. Oh, for sure. So yeah. like, cause you're so hard focused on technique, pedal stroke, all these things that like you're not doing it at a really high effort. So it's just, it's just focused on muscles firing and enforcing your body to do things that it may not be used to doing or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, new movement patterns and stuff like that. It's very mentally fatiguing. Mm -hmm. Um, so after that section, you know, we're still, we still keep a hard focus on technique and we, we force, oh, yeah. you know, you should be throughout yourself. if you're indoors and you, you have no dis distractions, really, you're not worried about traffic or, you yeah. know, anything that's happening around you, you can just zone in on your body and what's happening. Yeah. You need to be rewiring your system to move in a more efficient pattern. Even thinking about breathing, like mm. breathing patterns and, and stuff like that oh, yeah, while that's you're... Day one. Yeah, that's day one stuff. Yeah. Uh, Guide you know, the proper breathing. Roll. So again, pedal stroke, uh, high, high and low cadence, different body positions and breathing. These are all things that you should be focusing on when you're doing these zone three efforts mm -hmm. and the the goal right there while you're doing the zone three efforts focusing on all these things is to think is to try to manipulate all of those things to reduce perceived exertion mm -hmm. that is like it yep so that's where the that mental fatigue or yeah comes and, in. and if you're working off heart rate so you want to be able to sustain so say you're in power and heart rate you want to be able to sustain power and while going through these drills and really thinking about it you want to be pulling that heart rate down or pulling that perceived effort down without changing power. Right. Or if you don't have power, but you have heart rate and cadence, you want to be able to maintain cadence, really be thinking about it and pull heart rate down. Cause if you're maintaining cadence and not shifting gears, your whole, you're sustaining power. So obviously if you're varying cadence, that becomes more tricky and that's why power meters are nice. But, yeah. um, but yeah, that's the goal. You want to drive down perceived effort, while not losing or even increasing your output. So after that first, like, whatever, four weeks or so. Um, yeah, zone three sweet spot. Work, we start yeah. doing a lot more. We'll, we'll throw in more low cadence. So we start putting in, uh, you know, some of the, like, like 50 and 60 RPM efforts. And this is where it kind of shifts a bit from mentally fatiguing to muscularly fatiguing. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, because we've already put in a few weeks of some of the strength work to get those muscles activated and now we can actually use them yep. in some lower cadence efforts. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people that end up with knee issues, it's because they're not able to activate their glutes, like yep. not being able to use your glutes and trying to do low cadence stuff. If you're very quad heavy or if your pedal strokes, right, not right. Or if your heel position is not right, can lead to too much tension in those knees and cause knee issues. So we want to get the pedal stroke right. We want to make sure you're activating everything like it should. And then, uh, you know, in most cases you've built up that strength and most people don't have issues with going low on their cadence and, and working muscular strength on the bike.
and look and in my opinion low cadence is one of the like we talked about it already on the podcast a million times if you're one of those people that has uh trouble going uphill i mean low cadence work is is going to help that tremendously mm-hmm. uh just building that bike specific strength to turn over a bigger gear or to put out a high force power versus you know like high cadence power mm-hmm. um you know it's it's huge so we start working that we start working that in and we we even go up to like a a long low cadence mm-hmm. do some long low cadence efforts mm-hmm. uh to really just it basically t- turns out into turns into sorry a bike specific strength day um you know those are our our mm-hmm. slow grind days mm-hmm. ends up being a nice big bike specific strength load so now we're like let's say we're like 6 weeks in six weeks something in like or that so, yep what do we got to do Got a retest. Got to test again. So yeah, after about six weeks, another retest. Uh, follow the same assessment. We use the five minute, twenty minute standard, which is pretty conventional. Um, there's other tests out there that I, I've heard people say, you know, they use them and it's uh, have found them pretty much dead on Just use as the same well. Test. But use yeah, that's the key. Use the same test so you can track your progress for one. Um, but on the other side of that. Uh, we want tracking progress and we want to make sure, yeah, you're resetting zones afterwards. Um, so reset your zones. Hopefully they're higher. They should be higher. Um, make sure you give yourself a little bit of rest going into that, uh, freshen your legs up before you hit your, uh, your test. Um, and then it's a matter of, okay, we're looking at the next, you know, four weeks or so after that. And we're pretty much for us, we're pretty much into January at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, so the the next kind of phase we start to we start to mix like that zone three upper three into some threshold yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. Most of January we're not we'll getting spend crazy doing, with it yet. Yeah, sweet spots threshold style stuff, um, and some of it's going to depend on you know how you handled the previous workload. Um, but yeah, a lot of sweet spot uh, working into some threshold and and building out kind of the duration of time spent at those levels. Mm-hmm. So we start initially with, you know, day day one is five minute zone three blocks with a lot of mental focus on yep. stress. And we end up building that out to our longest one. It's what, usually 30 or to a 30 minute, 35 minute um, single um, yeah. block in, uh, in some pretty decent challenging zone three, zone four, uh efforts so lots of zone three sweet spot threshold yep working from shorter to longer duration efforts Mm -hmm. multiple shorter to fewer longer duration efforts um and then once we're kind of into this this uh threshold getting into threshold this is kind of where we start to this is our this is our my favorite part is where we start to sneak in some of the mental training mental toughness and what we call mental adversity training Mm -hmm. and this is really hard to get like that's this is like near this is impossible i would say to get on a pre-built program or uh even a video if you video that you've watched before it's no longer it's no longer (laughs) a surprise yeah it's not a surprise so we like to sneak in uh changes to the program uh or just don't tell people what's coming and so you end up doing 
efforts at a pretty high level and you don't know when they're going to stop or when you're going to get rest. Um, and one, it makes you mentally tougher. Um, we've already given you the tools to, uh, to work through, mm-hmm. you know, and try to reduce perceived ex- exertion. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it simulates group riding, like in racing. This mm-hmm. is what happens. You don't always get to choose what effort you're going to do and for how long. So mm-hmm. it really helps uh, build, you know, build that mental confidence and mental toughness uh, for, you know. And in a lot of situations, you learn that you're actually capable of pushing longer than you thought oh, absolutely. you could. So you're told a, a number to hit or a zone to hit and you stay there until it switches. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, yeah, learn... The goal is to learn about yourself. Yep. One thing we forgot to mention, uh, which I want to just slip in here. So we talked about doing a lot of like zone three sweet spot stuff. We we like to include a lot of burst efforts in that. Oh, yeah. Forgot about so burst So something efforts. we forgot to mention, um, mixing in those surges that you naturally end up getting. Uh, we, we like to mix in. One of our favorites is, you know, the 10 and 15 minute blocks in zone three or sweet spot. We progress it to threshold where you're hitting 10 seconds uh, bursts at the end of every minute. So anywhere between 10 and 15 spikes in power, and then the key settling right back in to being on the power, not allowing yourself. letting off and dipping. So teaching yourself to recover while still pushing power is is kind of the focus uh, on that, building that matchbook up a little bit. Definitely. And so like the, the, the block of like, mix of zone three and threshold that's pretty much january four weeks or so um and then we get into kind of we get into february and that's where we kind of start to turn the wrench a little bit and that's where we're getting a mix of three four and even into zone five uh with burst efforts with changing body positions and cadence and everything else uh you know doing doing like high-end efforts zone five efforts and like not being able to do your sweet spot cadence, like that's really tough for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. So um, we force people to to work their least favorite cadence ranges, least favorite body positions while doing some of these mentally tough efforts. Which I guarantee you by yourself, when I'm by myself, I... <laughs> oh, I will never do it. I rarely, <laughs> I rarely will do that, but it's amazing. Uh, you know, in the class, I'm obviously doing it because uh, I'm making other people do it. But just seeing other... We rarely get flipped off, but when we do... Rarely? Uh, it's, <laughs> it's usually... It's, is Miranda on? Uh, <laughs> but when we do, yeah, it's, it's because you're being forced... And all it takes is you don't have to do it. There's, you know, no one standing actually next to you and forcing you yeah, to. Yeah, the truth but... is only you know how hard you're pushing. Mm-hmm. Everyone, anybody who can see you, like in our class anyways, anybody that can see you, they don't know how hard you push. We don't have data put up. Yeah. Uh, we just see people. We, we like the camera up uh, so that we can tell people to relax or to change their body position or to see if they've totally, like, let out let off and mm-hmm. stopped yeah. um you know something like that but um yeah but you're going to find yourself in situations in races uh on group rides whatever your goal may be uh even in you know triathlons where it's a self-paced essentially you're in control of when you put the throttle on or not but there's times you get between gears and guess what if you've never worked a, a variety of cadence ranges and you're just so locked into that 
82 RPMs or 88 or whatever it is, and now mm -hmm. you're being forced, it's a tailwind section, you're being forced to try to put out power at 97 RPMs because you're, you're geared out, like yep. you need to have that ability to do so. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I think triathletes would get the most out of a, a structure or a program like this because they don't like like a lot of triathletes never put themselves into super threshold or above threshold efforts uh -huh. uh and it and it like you just don't they have no clue where the ceiling is they're used to doing like steady state steady state steady state that this is comfortably hard mm -hmm. uh you know but never and actually that's kind of the long course thing that's sort of the issue when we've talked about our issues with long course is that people rarely end up working the high end because you're doing so much volume that you can't sustain that much high end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we end up working into zone zone five stuff, um, giving you short recovery times. You know, we ma manipulate your recovery times. Um, and that's a good recommendation uh, in general. Like once you've gotten to where you're holding, you know, say you're doing three by twenties, a longer, like a longer trainer session, um, vary your recovery times. If you're doing that at five minute recovery and able to hit it, maybe next time you move that to uh, three minute recoveries in between or two minutes recovery. Yeah. Uh, so you can change the stress you're getting by varying your recovery time and not necessarily changing up your work time. Yeah. And in this last, like this last, like basically February block mm -hmm. leading into early March, when you're doing these like higher end efforts into zone five, remember we're trying not to send ourselves into like a peak of fitness per mm -hmm. se. Um, so be careful about how much of that like above threshold that you're doing. Um, and a lot of times when we do it, like we don't do like zone five is never done for more than five minutes. Yeah. Consecutive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the yeah. intervals are, are never over five minutes. Um, so just be careful there because again, you're not trying to send yourself into a peak of fitness you're just trying to be above the ceiling mm -hmm. to pull the ceiling up yep um so that pretty much leads you into early march mm -hmm. and then what do we do again retest we test one final test yeah for sure uh and that one again we like and we prefer and what we do in the court or the the program is again another indoor test still following that 5 and 20 protocol um, and if you want the protocol, if you've never heard about it before, just drop us a message and we'll, we can shoot you that over, uh, really easy. Um, but retest, this one's primarily to like see the progress because most people after that, the time changes, group rides fire back up. We would strongly encourage you to continue doing at least one day, either solo, indoors, um, or outdoors, but where you're, where you're maintaining structure and focusing on the interval levels and intensities that you should be focusing on, that you're not getting outside um, on group rides. Because in Memphis, pretty much, if, if all you do is group ride, you're gonna get pretty good at doing like fairly hard 30 second to 90 second efforts yeah. and recovery. Um, rarely are those gonna be so long that you're actually building and improving your fitness uh, if that's all you're doing. Yeah, that's a that's a good tip from for beyond the end of the program. Um, and we we say it every year that we need to 
keep a one day a week hop class going because people just lose those yep. those efforts never never do them again until i i actually the, the past December. probably two years i've been pretty consistent at a thursday trainer session yep you know regardless of uh you know tuesday night group ride hard group ride thursday quality trainer session yep. structured all right so with with all this talk of indoor training there are a lot of people out there right now that are probably like you will not get me on a trainer mm -hmm. Maybe at all, it, twice a week is really pushing it. Mm -hmm. Any more than that, I might uh, off myself. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I guess you and I are probably to the point now where it doesn't phase us. Mm -hmm. uh, it's super efficient. It's uh, super structured and it can be super quality. So, yeah, know. that's the reason it doesn't phase me as much. It still can suck. Like, yeah, for sure. Like last night, I I'd jumped rather on the, be outside. Exactly. Last night was it's been cold here. What high was like twenty eight or something stupid for us. And I got on the trainer, and it was like one of those days where it was like watching my clock. It was a boring session that I had, which is going to be one of our tips here. So this was just going to be a steady effort, you know, get back into a consistent flow kind of thing. And so one of our one of our tips for enjoyment, which is what we're going with here, yeah is variety is is huge yeah last night like there was no variety it was just and that's like and that's how like even if it's a just a straight effort like that it's, even if it's just zone two spin like riding mm -hmm. like you can add variety by switching up cadence switching up body position uh i mean doing Focusing on technique. Yeah, focusing on technique. Breaking down different phases. That's what I end up doing. And uh, and the time passes so much faster once you're oh, doing yeah. that. You could be doing a 20-minute a effort, and if you're breaking it up every two minutes by either a short burst, which really isn't going to change the overall. It doesn't even have to be a hard burst. No. But just something to, like a little spin up. Um, or what we generally do a lot of is you're changing your body position and or cadence every couple minutes. And it's amazing, like you settle in for that too, just that change, mental change, change in rhythm, change in what you were doing, it makes 20 minutes go by a lot faster than if it's, I'm slogging it out at 70 RPMs for 20 minutes and not changing a thing. The, the, you know, and that goes right along with like actually having some sort of a goal or focus for the ride. Mm -hmm. um, if, you, if you just, if you're one of those people that just like, you dread the trainer probably part of that is because you know that you're just going to get on there and watch the clock mm -hmm. and you really have no goal or focus or any type of like idea of what you're going to do. Yep. So if you have that ahead of time, Oh, you know, I, okay, I'm going to jump on here and knock out these efforts. Yep. Uh, I'm going to change my body position every two minutes. I'm mm -hmm. going to change my cadence every two minutes. Something like mm -hmm. that. I mean, it goes, it goes by so much quicker. And take that even a step further, like you need to have a goal and a focus for your workout, like your why, like why are you, why are you doing that? But you also need to have a goal or focus on what's the, what's the long-term like benefit you're going to get from that. So I'm going to go and do three by tens today, even though I may not feel like doing it. But the reason why I'm going to do it today is because I know in March or April or July, I've got a goal event and I know this is going to help get me there. Yeah. Absolutely. So have a, have a long-term goal. 
some other quick tips are get some friends. Get some friends on the trainer. Misery loves company. I mentioned it earlier. We That's how we to, started the hop. Was yeah. <laughs> we wanted accountability, and we knew suffering with others uh, is a lot more fun. Than we would do it. I mean, even on the off, like on some of the easier days, if we were just like, we all wanted to make sure that we got in two and three hours on the trainer, mm-hmm. we would just congregate in a garage. Yeah, wet, cold Saturday rides. And, yep. and just knock it out. I mean, literally, like, you're, like a training partner is probably the number one accountability uh, mm-hmm. helper that you can you could possibly have. Yep. Um, music is a good one. Yep. Like, you know, just get some good music going. Um, or if you're like me and we put this on, we have a whole nother, we hit the podcast we did was episode 15 surviving winter training. We put a whole, whole bunch more tips on like how to make your trainer time more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, indoor training. Mine in is, a, yeah. mine is, mine is binge watching Netflix. Even yep. if I'm doing structure, that's the time that I allow myself to watch a show that I want to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh yeah that's a good one one big thing is just uh if you're one of those people that has like a wind trainer Mm. or like a trainer that makes a lot of noise period like the older coffee trainers remember Mm -hmm. (laughs) we used to have uh ricky bobby used to come into the when we had it in the garage he would spin that thing up and it would sound like a plane (laughs) you could not like you couldn't even yeah. Talk through the workout. Taking off. Um, so yeah, uh, avoid a trainer that has you know puts off a lot of noise. There's mm-hmm. plenty of them out there that barely barely make any noise these days. Yep. Um, even a change in for those that have multiple bikes, even just a change in bikes can be. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point to bring up. Like we have, a, I have a lot of people that say, I keep my road bike on the trainer, mm-hmm. or I keep my I keep my old, like, crappy bike on the trainer, and then I ride my good race bike outside. You should ride the bike you're going to race um, most of the time. So, don't, like... The worst is your triathlete or your person that's focused on tri- uh, uh, time trials only being on their road bike on the trainer right. when they're doing their structured stuff. Yeah. I switch off mm-hmm. quite a bit, road in and triathlon bike. Um, but when, like, in this stretch from December to March, when it gets toward like February, I'm almost predominantly, almost always on the time trial bike. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just because your body has to adjust the position again, has to adjust to the way that the muscles fire and how they, how much they stretch. Yeah. And it's all changes when the geometry of the bike is different and the positioning is different. And if you don't spend time in those positions, you are not going to get out on the road and put out a bunch more power in a completely different position. Nope. Not at all. Yeah. It's, I, you know, it's nice that you're trying to conserve your nice race bike Mm -hmm. and not sweat through it and you know yeah have a towel melt the hardware keep a towel over the top salty sweat (laughs) yeah keep a towel going um but recommendation would be to Mm. ride the bike you're going to race on predominantly if at all possible yeah i think the ultimate tip for trainer enjoyment uh can you hit the shameless plug shameless plug oh it's gone there still it's gone oh we got rid of it 
is to join up House of Pain, where you don't even need to think about anything. You just come along for the ride, and uh, you don't know when things are going to change. You just respond to it. I mean, people tell us all the time that the time goes by so much faster. An hour 15, when they struggled to get through 45 minutes by themselves, an hour 15 goes by so much quicker. Now, it's not like it's, you know, oh my gosh, I thought the warm-up just ended and now we're over with. But um, for, for as much work as you get out of it and as much stress as it puts into your system, which is a good thing, uh, people have, have stated that's kind of one of the, the best things is having other people online that they're suffering with is motivating um, and forces them to not give up. Having a coach that can see whether or not you've given up um, and is actually sometimes asking, you know, whether or not that <laughs> interval was better, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down on how it went. Uh, but you'll pass your time so much faster and get a lot out of it uh, just because you're going to be, we're going to be forcing you to change things up so often, force you to focus on different things, different aspects of your pedal stroke, yep. changes in your body position that um, it's going to be over before you know it. And without getting too salesy to it, uh, you know, the reason there's a reason why we have a number of people who have been in the program for years mm-hmm. um, because they you literally get on the bike and you listen to the coach and you respond mm-hmm. uh, or you press play on the recording and you respond. And even year after year, the program changes a bit where, you know, you know, it's, you're going to get the gains again, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be the exact same thing that you went through last year. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's a, you know, without tooting horns here, <laughs> doot. Where's the, where's the, where's the pain train? We need a horn toot. Uh, but yeah, if you have any questions on it, you can shoot us email, uh, couch or coach at buildpeakcompete.com. Um, you can ask, uh, ask us questions about it or mm-hmm. check out the website, hopcycling.com. Uh, but yeah, get registered ASAP. Hey, what are we uh, what are we talking about next week? Next week, hey, this is the first time we've ever talked about what we're doing next week. <laughs> I tried to put it in there like we've been doing it, <laughs> but we never ever uh, say what we're doing next because yeah. honestly, we rarely ever know. Yeah, yeah. Most of the time, it's like what what questions are our athletes so, having? Brian, or, what do you want to talk about today? Uh, what exactly. Did what'd you get this week? Yeah, what have your athletes been talking about? Uh, so next week, very timely. Yeah. Tips for surviving the holidays. May that be lack of consistency, motivation, increase yeah. uh, in weight gain that's Bad usually influences. associated by the previous two <laughs> brother-in-laws who uh, enjoy having a good time. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Yeah. Well, so How to survive it. We're going to be walking you through surviving these, these holidays and, and getting out of it unscathed and with your fitness intact. So we appreciate you guys hanging out this week, listening, watching, and uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Adios.